0: Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. So have you got your Bibles this morning? First Peter, you better be a bit louder. I'm gonna preach a long time this morning. Amen. First Peter um, chapter 1. We're going to be looking uh, again. Last week, we uh, started a series called uh, a Different, uh, looking at Peter's encouragement to the persecuted church um, out of the book of um, First Peter in chapter 1. And Suzanne last week preached a, a series about us having different faith uh, through trials, which is so, so important. It was a great message. If you didn't get it, you can podcast that as well. Uh, but this morning, as I said, Today, the, the topic that we're looking at is having different values in an unholy culture. But before we jump into that this morning, I thought it'd be good for us to talk uh, a little bit about um, who Peter was writing to and, and, and understand why uh, Peter was writing to these Christians in the book First, uh, First Peter. Um, Peter, the book was written, they say, somewhere between 60 and 65 AD. Uh, This was a a period of time uh, where there was a reign of a very evil and corrupt man known as Nero. Now, you might not know much about Nero, but he was an incredibly evil man. He killed his mother. How sick is that? He killed his first wife. He murdered his first wife. And they purport to say that he went on to kill his second wife as well. The guy was just so twisted and um, he actually it's believed in, in history and in what they study is that he was actually responsible uh, for burning the city of Rome. Uh, he endeavored to want to rebuild the whole city of Rome, but the Senate wouldn't allow him to do that. So what did he do? He started the city on fire. Uh, the, the, the fire raged for quite a number of days, for quite a period of time, then they put it out. But what did he do? He decides to start to burn the city again. And um, as, as history goes on and as the weeks go on, um, some of the people start to declare that it was Nero that started the fire. But what Nero does during that... uh, period of time is that he blames no other than the small group of already uh, persecuted Christians in Rome. They're already living in persecution so Nero then decides to blame these group of Christ ones or Christians as they were known back in that particular time. So they go from being persecuted quite a bit to being brutally persecuted and I just wanted to share to give you some uh, idea of how sick um, Nero was, and, and the persecution that these people face back in the day, it's purported that the, the persecution that they were enduring is that Nero would get the skins of uh, animals, he would skin an animal, he would tie uh, the Christians up in these skins, and then he would get a cage and he'd put the Christians in the cage, and then he would release wild dogs, and the wild dogs would maul to death uh, loving, peaceful Christians. He'd do that. As he was doing that, he would have a party. They'd be drinking wine outside the gates celebrating the death and the destruction of these Christians. I mean, the guy was so, so evil. Another thing that he would do as well, he would, uh, he would take Christians, real people like you and I, and he would dip them in hot wax and then put them on a tree, tying their hands to a tree. He would light them on fire and burn the trees. And These people were like human candles tonight, make the, the night skies glow. This is how bad this guy was and this is the context into which Peter was writing when he wrote the book uh, that we're about to read this morning Peter wrote to them he was encouraging them could you imagine I couldn't even begin to imagine what what it must have been like to be aware of uh, and seeing persecution like like that take place but this is the context in which first Peter is written this is the, the basis upon which Peter is writing to the church there. And he writes to try and give them a, a, a great a sense of hope. He says things like, This is not your world. This is not your home. Uh, you're just passing through. He says things like, as Suzanne said last week, Your sojourn as this world is not your home. And because this world is not your home, Peter said, God is calling you to be different. What an amazing challenge. This morning, the truth is, if you're a follower of Jesus, anyone a follower of Jesus out there this morning? Hallelujah. Aren't you glad? If you're called to be a follower of Jesus, then you're called to be different. You'll have different values. You'll have different passions. Uh, You'll have a different use of your time. There'll be a different use of your money, your resources. You'll be different as a parent. You'll be different as a spouse. The truth is, God is calling us to be different. Amen. So we want to look at 1 Peter chapter 1 in verse 13. May Open your Bible to 1 Peter chapter 1 in verse 13. And we want to read Peter's encouragement to these believers again. And remember, remember in the context of the the persecution that they had been experiencing. This is what he says to them. He says this to them in verse 13. He says, therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope and grace to be. Brought, excuse me. Set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Christ Jesus is revealed. It is coming. As obedient children, that's us. Do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, "Be holy, because I am holy." I want to make a statement this morning that I think that will help many of us. The problem for so many of us in our culture today, and if I could say probably in the church today, the biggest obstacle to fully following Christ is our desire to fit in. To fit in. But I want to say this morning that God hasn't called us to fit in. He's called us to stand out. Hello? (laughs) He hasn't called us to fit in. It would be by far probably the biggest obstacle that people face. I need to fit in. He never called us to fit in. He called us to stand out. He never said that we are to blend into the things of this world. We're not to conform to the patterns of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Peter went on also to say, do not conform to the evil desires that you had when you lived in ignorance. Now you've been transformed. We're never called to blend in. Amen. As followers of Jesus, we're called to stand out, to be set apart, to be different in a way that we live. And the thought is this this morning. Why do we want to be normal anyway? Have you looked around at what normal is today? Have you? Normal is broke or broken. Normal is bondage. Normal is fear. Normal is divorce. Normal is tension. Normal is is sleepless nights. Normal is anxiety. Normal is not liking the job, fighting depression. That's what normal is. I don't want anything to do with normal, neither should any of us this morning. Amen. In fact, Jesus told a story. He he painted a picture. Uh, In Matthew chapter 7, he told the story of the two paths. He said that there's a wide path. Uh, There are many people that are on that path. Going down that path, it's an easy path, but the end of that path is destruction. Then he spoke about another path. He said that path is a narrow path. It's a difficult path to navigate down. There are few that are on that path, but the end of that path leads to an eternal life. You see the difference between the two? We're meant to be the ones that are on the narrow path. It doesn't mean that it's going to be an easy path, but that's the path that he's called us to be on. We're meant to be different. We're called to be different. God's calling us to be set apart, to be different. So this morning, I want to look again at the words of Peter, speaking to a group of hurting Christians. And perhaps today, the Spirit of God might speak to you in some way that might stir you and prompt you and maybe lead you to be set apart. Maybe there's some areas of your life this morning that God's wanting to speak to you about in reference to you just blending in. You're not called to be blending in, you're called to be standing out, amen? So in First Peter chapter 1, we'll have a look at it again in verse 14. This is what Peter said, As obedient children do not conform to the evil desires you had when you once lived in ignorance. Listen to that there. There was once a time where you weren't really accountable as much because you didn't know, but now you know so much more. That's what Peter's saying there. And he goes on to say, but just as he, just as God who has called you as what, let's say it loud, just as God who has called you is, you can say it a bit stronger, holy, so be holy in all that you do. Then it goes on to say, for it is written, be holy because I am am holy. Well, wow. what a challenge to us this morning to be holy as I am holy. Be holy in all that you do. What I hope you'll notice in this text of verse here is which what probably what a Uh, A lot of people believe, um, 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 possibly have a a mindset or a thought around it. Um, This scripture here, it doesn't say, it does not say to be happy in all that you do because I'm happy. You're called to be happy. You notice that because many people today, especially in Western Christianity, so many people believe that God's highest calling and purpose is for us to be happy. Nothing wrong with being happy, and we're not saying we should all be unhappy. But if we think that God's highest call for our lives is to make us happy, we're missing it. God's highest purpose and calling for our lives is that we would be holy. But there's a theology out there, a theology of happiness. It's a happiness theology. In other words, the thought is that God wants us to be happy above all else. And the problem with the happiness theology is this. It empowers us to live out what we would call a personal justification. You're listening this morning. It gets worse before it gets better. When we believe above all else that God wants us to be happy, suddenly discomfort, delay, risk, and inconvenience couldn't possibly be the will of God. And suddenly, without even knowing it, we begin to worship the false gods of comfort, money, pleasure, and things god is supposed to get me what i want god is supposed to make me happy we need to understand god does not exist to serve us we exist to serve him <laughs> say it again i'll read it to you this morning have a listen to it we need to understand that god does not exist to serve us We exist to serve him, and he calls us to be set apart. He calls us to be holy. Hallelujah. What does holy mean? Well, have a look at in the the Greek definition of the word holy means hagios. The word hagios is translated as holy, it means to be different. To be set apart, it means to be pure. God is calling us to be different, not to conform to the patterns of this world. He's calling us to be set apart. He's calling us to be different. So the thought I want to present to you this morning, so if you're different in the way that you live, you might be following Christ. But if you're not any different from the rest of the world, I promise you, you are not following Christ. You're all quiet in this Pentecostal church this morning. Let's think about that this morning if you're different not weird we don't like weird Christians not in this church weird Christians don't last long you know what I mean this morning but if you're different because your values are different to the world then you're probably following Christ but if you're not different then you're probably not following Christ in fact Peter goes on to say and I want to look at a different version Um, the way that the way that it says it in the new living translation of that text that we read it says this he says so you must live as god's obedient children then he goes on to say in this version he says don't slip back into your old ways to satisfy your own desires don't slip back don't fall into trouble don't slip back listen to this thought this morning because how many of you know you slip into trouble but you never slip into righteousness how many people have, have you heard say that, that, that I've fallen into sin, but I've never ever heard anyone say I've fallen into holiness? Hello? I've fallen into sin, but I've never heard anyone say I've fallen into holiness. When it comes to living a life that pleases God and that is different, we must understand as well that we're also facing an enemy. The Bible talks about him as being the prince of darkness who will do all that he can to make us slip into sin. In fact, we see this strategy in the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, where we see Satan, representative of the serpent, comes to Adam and comes to Eve and says, Did God say that? Did God really say that? I believe that the same way that he attacked. Adam and Eve in the garden, did God say that is the same way that he attacks us as Christians today? Did God really say that? Did God really say we shouldn't have sex before marriage? Did God really say that? Talking about our values. Did God really say that you have to go to church and pray and give? Did God really say that? Surely it's okay to post half-naked photos on Instagram, right? Because everybody else is doing it. Did God really say not to watch that Netflix show? Oh, dearie me. Who loves Netflix? We're talking about our values today because it's so easy to slip. Slip from that commitment to living a godly life and just slowly slipping away. Did God really say not to watch that Netflix show? You know, I know it's got some bad stuff in it, but did God really say that it was wrong? Did God really say not to listen to that music with those kinds of bad lyrics? I mean, you know, it doesn't bother me, but it does bother the Holy Spirit. Amen? It's probably not the message you wanted to come to church for this morning, but it's good for us. It's so easy to allow the spirit and the culture of the world to invade and pervade our faith. and We need to be at guard, on guard, especially in our homes with our children. The effects and the influence of the world are so subtle and so deceiving. This morning, just a few questions, three questions I wanted to give you this morning as we begin to conclude today. The first question that i feel that we need to ask ourselves is this what are the three areas i struggle with most trying to fit in think about it and be real honest this morning what are the areas i struggle most trying to fit in when is a time i put my happiness above god's call for holiness good question think about that just a brief moment this morning second question What are the biggest ways that i am different from the world If you're a follower of Jesus, there are going to be some ways, and we're going to celebrate some of those ways. And the third question is this is probably the most important one. What is the area that God wants me to be different in? What is the biggest area that God is showing me that He wants me to be different? You're not called to fit in, you're called to stand out. You're not meant to be like everybody else. Normal is broken, normal is busted. It's gone, it's wrecked, but he's calling us to be different. Challenging questions. You might say, well, does it even matter about choosing a life that is different? Does it really matter? Well, I want to say, yes, it does. And I want to to close this morning with a scripture. And hopefully you'll see why it matters this morning, that it's so important that we're committed to choosing a life that's different. Um, Peter goes on and he says this to those hurting Christians. Remember the context again. Uh, in which they lived and in which they served God. And he says this for them to remember in verse 18 of 1 Peter chapter 1. He says this, "For, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life, handed down to you from your ancestors. But, everyone say but, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He's encouraging them and reminding them why they need to be different. He's reminding them why they they should be committed to a life of holiness. He's reminding them. He says, why? But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, he was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and your hope are in God. Peter was reminding them, even in the midst of their persecution, even in the midst of their trials, he was reminding them why they should be committed to living a life that's different. Different values in an unholy culture. We should be committed to living a life of different values in an unholy culture. Amen? And one of the greatest shapers of culture in society today without exception would be the media amen that's why it's so important that we don't allow satan the prince of darkness to come to us and say did god really say that and we go well i'm not quite sure if god really said that we need to get the word of god out and declare yet god did say that about that amen i shouldn't allow my eyes and my spirit and my soul to be to be i can't think of the word to say but to be um um Offended by what i see yeah some of you getting really quiet on me now come on i I tell you some of the stuff that christians can watch is just crazy we should be different (laughs) i'm not preaching law this morning but i'm saying it might be all right for the world to watch people having sex on the tv and all sorts of stuff taking place my wife's offended He's taking my son to, to work. See you, buddy. Give him heaps of rashes. It's <laughs> just all right. It's good for us, amen? Because, you know, the stuff that we watch on, on TV, the stuff that we listen to, it all will affect our faith. In fact, if we allow ourselves and we expose ourselves to um, um, watching and listening to things that we know, are contrary um, or to what would be pleasing to the Holy Spirit that affects our faith that weakens our faith and if we continue to progress along that path there our faith gets weaker and weaker and before you know it like, like um, um, Peter said in the New Living Translation we start to slip back into our old ways God doesn't want us to slip back into our old ways He wants us to stand up and be committed to developing godly values in an ungodly culture so Peter there encourages them why. If I can conclude this morning with the, with the worship team returning, that'd be great. It's through Christ we need to understand that living holy is not the path to knowing Christ. I want to share this with you as we conclude this morning. Living holy, we can't be good enough on our own to please him. But listen to this thought as we conclude with this this morning. Living holy is not the path to knowing Christ. Knowing Christ is the pathway to holiness. See it up there this morning? Knowing Jesus, continuing to love him, continuing to cultivate a first love for him, continuing to remind ourselves what he's done for us, continuing to to spend that time in, in just seeking him and and understanding the 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 enormity of who he is and what he's done for us living holy is not the path to knowing christ knowing christ is a pathway to holiness and this is so important because suddenly when we know christ it's not that i have to do that and i don't get to do this and i wish i could do that wild sort of stuff but a heart on the inside starts to change instead of that i don't want i wish i could instead it's like i don't want to do anything displeasing to god you get it this morning I want to live a life that brings glory to God. I don't care what everybody else thinks, what, what they look like. I don't care if they laugh. I don't care if it's different. I don't care if they criticize me. I'm living for the audience of one because of who Jesus is. And it's my prayer for my life, for all of our lives this morning, that the Spirit of God would do what I cannot do. And that is show you an area of your life that may be displeasing to God. <laughs> no apologies. Be holy, for I am holy. To be holy, to be set apart, to be pure, to be different. Amen have your values slipped some? Are there things maybe three years ago you wouldn't have dared entertain that today you are entertaining? Are there old habits, are there things that you've allowed that, that two years ago you would have said, no way, I am free because he's made me free, but today you're entertaining that. Don't slip into normal. You know in your heart that normal is broken. Each of us know in our hearts that the best way, the highest way, the most life-giving way is being committed to being different. We bow our heads this morning, close our eyes. I just feel right now the conviction of the Holy Spirit in this place. with the conviction of the Holy Spirit, there is no condemnation. There's only love, only acceptance, only forgiveness. This morning, if you're here, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, you know the Spirit of God is talking to you today about areas of your life. Bringing conviction, bringing the light. Of his light down upon those areas, possibly areas of darkness. He's wanting to set you free this morning. He's wanting to liberate you. He's wanting to draw you out of normal and bring you into being different. Hallelujah. Different values in an unholy culture. Just while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you feel the convicting work of the holy spirit upon your life just i want you to do something this morning i just want you to raise your hand no one else can see it but god thank you thank you thank you lord others this morning thank you god we thank you we thank you for your work in our lives hallelujah thank you that's wonderful. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning that as you've gathered us here today, for each person that's been drawn here, it's not by chance, Lord, but it's a divine act today, a divine intervention of you bringing people here today that needed to hear this message, Lord. So, Lord, today, for each of us today, we just thank you that you would continue to search our hearts to help us to know fully that we're not called to normal, we're called to different. And we pray, Lord, for each person this morning that in their heart knows that you're calling them to be different, that you would help us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Call us to overcome those areas that we know that are holding us back, Lord. And so, Lord, we just invite your incredible Holy Spirit again to come and do the work that no man no person can do but only him by his spirit right now just commit in your heart commit in your heart as for me and for my house we will serve the lord hallelujah Hallelujah. wonderful wonderful jesus amen god's good Hallelujah. I feel the anointing up here.